Have you ever thought about publishing a book as part of your marketing strategy? Well, today we're going to talk to an expert in that field, Stephen Porter from Stillwater River Publications. So stay tuned. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill with W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin with Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia with The Spark Social. And together we make up the, the Marketing, Marketing Essentials, Essentials team. team. So today we are here in studio at the fabulous Rooms and Works location that we're that we are at every week, and we have a guest with us today, Stephen Porter. And Stephen is the owner of Stillwater Books and Stillwater River Publications, located in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. He's also an award-winning author of several books, including. Now I'm going to slaughter this pronunciation, so you need to help me out with this. Is it Manises? It is Manises. Manises. Okay, Manises, Scared to Death, Do It Anyway, and Confessions of the Meek and Valiant. Stephen is also the founder and president of the Association of Rhode Island Authors. So quite a few credentials there, Stephen. Uh, we're busy. We are busy, no <laughs> doubt about it. Well, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. You're welcome. Oh, thanks for having me in. So we brought you in here to talk today about publishing uh, on sort of under the umbrella of marketing. But I'd like to get a little bit of background first. So how did you get into the whole world of publishing and bookstores to begin with? Well, completely by accident, really. It was never, never a plan. Okay. Um, I think like millions of other people going through college as an English major <coughs> had that dream of being the, you know, writing the great American novel. And then procrastinating for 20 years, like everyone does. <laughs> and once, we, once I finally got to that point where, we, where it was written, and my first novel, which was Confessions of the Meek and the Valiant, okay. um, I started looking for that traditional process where you send out query letters and you look for an agent and you try to find that publisher to give you the big advance, you know, to make you a millionaire. Uh, that didn't happen for some reason. And <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> as many writers will tell you, that's common. Um, and then that was when the world of self-publishing was first emerging. And my wife, who is uh, an experienced designer, um, and myself as a marketing person who did have some bookstore experience. I kind of started my first career um, in, at Walden Books and at a local chain called Laureate's. I remember them. The yeah. Yeah. I was, they did their marketing and advertising and public relations for a few years. And um, so I figured I knew it all. So we dived in <laughs> headfirst into okay. the self-publishing world and realized we still had a whole lot uh, to give and to learn. Um, but from there, we realized that locally we couldn't find a good literary group. This area has so many great arts organizations, theater, music, um, and the visual arts, but there was no real writer's core. Where, where were the writers? Where were all these people writing these books? So we invited five or six people to join us to help kind of co-market and help promote each other's work. And entirely by accident, without doing any recruiting, 
that blossomed into the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And today we have over 330 published authors who are members. And all from Rhode Island? All from Rhode Island or at least neighboring communities. Wow. I Now, I've been to your bookstore a couple of times, which mm-hmm. is great, by the way. If you haven't gone there, definitely need to check out Stillwater Books in Pawtucket. It's not that far from Slater Mill, right? Right across the street. Right across mm-hmm. the street. Yeah. So, And one of the cool things about your bookstore is that it is just replete with local authors. So when you go in, um, great selection of gently used books, but uh, they have these tags that hang off the uh, bookshelf that uh, identify Rhode Island authors. And it's amazing how many authors come out of this little tiny state. Not only how many, but how many have just amazing stories to tell. Uh, There are some great books written locally by our local writers. And just the way that the public industry is structured, it's very hard for an independent writer to get their work on the shelves of bookstores nationwide. If you're not Random House, if you're not Simon & Schuster, if you're not Harper, it's just not something that's easy. So how does the association work? What are the benefits for the the writers that join the association? Well, the association, which is known as ARIA, Mm -hmm. a nice acronym. Yeah. it's a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, the point is to promote the written works by the authors of our state. Um, it's 35 bucks a year for an author to join, and we do all kinds of events all year long. So we work with our libraries, we work with our bookstores, we do an annual event, the Rhode Island Author Expo, which last year drew 1,400 readers to Rhodes on the Patuxent. We had 135 authors selling and signing books. It was a you know great day. We also publish an anthology of short work and um, a catalog, which just came out, the 2019 Rhode Island Authors Catalog, which will go out to bookstores and libraries and other interested folks. Now, you say catalog, you mean a digital format or like an actual catalog? Actual, good old-fashioned print catalog. Wow. wow. <laughs> you don't <laughs> see too many of those. Well, bookstores particularly like to order from that paper catalog. Really? They like to see visually what all these books are and what they're about. So it's, it's a very good marketing tool for us. Interesting. Oh, very cool. So in addition to the association for authors, I know there's several other services that the publishing uh, arm of what you do offers to writers. So what? how do you serve writers through the um, Stillwater Publishing? Well, originally when ARIA formed, it was just like a group of friends, really. And we helped each other with their own books. Mm-hmm. So if you needed a little help with your cover design or maybe a little help with an ebook, we just do it for free. Mm-hmm. And we just help each other out. And then one day one of our authors came in with their new book that they just had printed. And she piled them up on the table and she was very excited. It was a beautiful book. And she said, I just have one question. I spent went online and I spent $8,000 on this package. Whoa. Did I get ripped off? And at that point, my wife and I kind of looked at us and realizing that one, self-publishing is essentially a free process. Mm-hmm. And two, we've been doing all this publishing for free. And three, these people are getting ripped off and they don't need to be. Sure. sure. And that's kind of what evolved into Stillwater River Publications. And now we have published to date over 200 books. Wow. We have about 40 now in process in different stages of, of development. Um, now, are they all local authors? So they, we started out with just local authors, just because that's who we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have um, authors from all over the country. Wow. We just so, did a, a fantasy novel from Port Lyons, Alaska, and a memoir from Houston, Texas. And we have uh, authors in Madison, Wisconsin, and Kissimmee, Florida. And wow. 
everywhere, how, everywhere in between. How are the uh, people from out of state finding you? Just word of mouth or just online presence or? We started doing some very kind of experimenting mm-hmm. with Google AdWords and um, some Facebook advertising and it's paid off. Beautiful. Very, very well for us so far. And now we have the other problem, which is, you know, kind of trying to hire and expand quickly mm-hmm. as, as these books come in. Because right. I can't do 42 books at once, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so have you leveraged uh, social media then uh, to find more authors outside of or help them find you, I should say? Yeah, well, t- people tend to. You know, one of the problems with writing is that it's a solitary activity. If you're going to write even a novel or a business book, whatever you write, um, you're probably going to spend, if not dozens of hours, hundreds of hours alone, mm-hmm. you know, locked in your basement, you know, just trying banging on keyboards. <laughs> and then when it's done, you it sounds like, pretty ominous. Actually, I know. I was <laughs> like, it's, it's oh, it's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> what not. about like a remote cabin in the woods with a lake view? Oh, there <laughs> you sounds go. more there you fun. Go. <laughs> like a dungeon. No, in a basement. sorry, I'm no. a big Stephen King fan, <laughs> so things never work out well in cabins for <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> All right, how about beachfront, beachfront property? Maybe I don't know. So but when, I you, well, when you emerge from your, the problem is when you emerge from your cabin. <laughs> yes, um, you're, you're alone. Yeah, and you now have to kind of walk into this whole new industry. Mm-hmm. So whatever you are an expert in whether it's poetry or business or fiction or whatever you write about, you mm-hmm. have to learn a whole new business. Yeah. And yeah. that is such an intimidating thing for a writer. Right. Sure. Because so they're good it, at what they're good at. And then that's typically the content of the book, but the business side, the, right. The publishing, the business of publishing is, has been essentially the same for over 200 years. Mm-hmm. You know, that relationship between printer writers and printers and wholesalers and retailers and agents. And, and it's very hard for someone who just has a passion and wants to write something. Yes. Do you find that a lot of uh, writers are introverted? A lot of them are. Yeah. yeah and that, so that makes, makes it even much more. Yeah, that makes the marketing that much harder because <laughs> you, you have to kind of find your, your center. We work with, you know, we know people who like, I'm very events oriented. I like doing book signings. Sure. So I'll go out to libraries and stores and I joke that I'll sit, you know, at a card table at the end of my driveway and <laughs> wave at cars <laughs> as they go by. Um, but other people look at that. It's like, why would I need, why would I do that? If I can just sit behind my computer in my pajamas and yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we'll play with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook yeah. and other things. So it's a, it's a very, um, you know, there's no right answer in the marketing world when it comes to your book. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you feel like when an author can get out there and go to events, does it make them more successful with the book or, or it just depends on the author's style? Partly you have to, I think the author has to find their, their, what, what makes the most comfortable, mm-hmm. but the expectations from readers is that authors will do book signings. There are many celebrities in there. So even if you're not a celebrity, Mm -hmm. if you're just a, you know, local guy from up the street, Mm -hmm. um, the expectation is still that you'll go out and do a, do a book signing somewhere and meet the, do a reading at a library or somewhere. Um, that's what people expect authors to do. Mm -hmm. So that's very hard for some people. Sure. So what are the services you particularly provide to uh, authors that are coming to you? Well, authors will walk in the door with some kind of manuscript. Okay. Sometimes it's very polished and professional. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's handwritten on note paper. (laughs) (laughs) And what we do is, is try to analyze that. It's kind of like the doctor with the patient coming in the door for the first time. It's like, okay, what, what, ails you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do our best to try to de- give them the t- tools and the services they need to develop that manuscript. Then we can design the front cover for them, s- format the interior, provide copy editing, developmental editing, uh, get that book converted to ebook. 
have it uploaded to Amazon, Kindle, Nook, and other places, print the thing. Now, what's wow. a, I we just want to come back because we try to explain some technical stuff that we cover in the episode for people that may not be savvy. So ebook, what's the difference between that and having it, say, formatted for the Kindle? That's essentially the same thing. Is it? Okay. Yeah, there are, there are three dominant forms of ebook out there. Uh, the Kindle is the best known and best, most popular. Sure. That's probably 85 to 90% of the market right now. Okay. Um, but then Barnes and Noble has its own reader called the Nook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Barnes and Noble is kind of in a struggling zone right now. I'm not sure how that they were just sold to a new owner. Oh. So we'll kind of wait and see how that goes. Okay. And then, of course, the Apple formats. Mm-hmm. You know, getting your book uploaded so you can download it on your... Apple's got to have their own format. They are, yeah, it's Apple. It's Apple. But um, we're able to provide any one of those three or all three of those, depending on the book. Okay. Nice. Very cool. So you're a one-stop shop, basically. Exactly. For somebody yeah. coming in. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And so when you help authors publish books, what do you find as far as their sales are concerned between the print versions and the electronic versions? Is there a, a dominant platform that you're, you know, that they find that, Oh, I'm selling a lot of books in print form versus digital. Well, every book is different. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, just because it's a book doesn't mean that it's going to sell the same way. In other words, it could be an auto repair manual or trashy romance. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not the same Thing. Good point. Yeah. Um, romance, for example, mystery, science fiction does extremely well as an ebook. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Probably better than the print books. Okay. Okay. Uh, memoir can be very good on ebook, but people still like to buy the paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But with most nonfiction, People want the books, not the ebooks. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just talking about auto repair. If yeah. I'm not working in my car, I'm not going to bring my my uh, yeah, my iPad out there and try to do it because I don't want to ruin it. True. At least with a piece of uh, a paper, traditional paper book. Yeah. If I get a little bit of grease on it, I don't care, you know. Matter of fact, it gives you kind of some street credit. It's like, there's a little bit of grease on this Chilton guide. Yeah, I'm legit. I actually work on my car. Uh, unless you're like me and just kind of spirit. Never mind. <laughs> Yet the advantage of bringing your, your iPad out to the car is that you can have every Chilton manual ever written. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely advantages, but I, I think from the other end, I just want to protect my, my, my gear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love printed books. Like, I, yeah, I know. Me too. I, I think. Personally, some people just vary on like what they like. I, I can't read a book on a Kindle and an iPad. I just, I can't, I love the printed book. I don't know if that's common for, I think that there was a lot of bad reporting when ebooks first evolved. I think the the assumption was by a lot of reporters who knew nothing about the book industry Mm -hmm. was that ebooks would replace books, print books. Mm -hmm. And that's the news stories you saw. Mm -hmm. And then the same reporters, you know, a few years later wrote, print books are back. (laughs) No, they never left. They were really gone. (laughs) Those stories were wrong. So were the first set of stories. Just ignore all the stories. The the death of the printed book was greatly exaggerated. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I guess everybody has their preference, you know, some people like I know people that all they do is buy the eBooks. 
I'm, I'm much along the same line as Alicia. I like the paper book. I just like the, the tactile feel of it, you know, to mm-hmm. me, that's for my thing. Mo- yeah. For the most part, I'm, I'm definitely a printed book person. Although there was a series of books that I was reading, which are just quick little summer reads. Yeah. And I just bought like the whole series Funny. Uh, uh, as an ebook and it was just easy to go through them on my iPad. Well, that's, you know? that's the great thing about what you're talking about. Like I, I don't bring paper books when I go on vacation, for instance, I'll bring, I might bring one, yeah. but then I have the rest that are on my iPad. So that way I can have 20 books with me if I'm on vacation and I don't have to worry about carrying a whole additional suitcase just to bring it with that's me. That's when you know? I tend to bring books to on vacation. Right. Oh, and ebooks yeah. are a wonderful thing. They were a wonderful innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it gets easy to, to dump on them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Technology. Right. But it's, it really has revolutionized how people read. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can only say that every, every couple of thousand years. That, that has <laughs> so, so now would you say that sure. ebooks have made it easier for people to self-publish? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Because one of the things that you can do with an ebook is there's very little overhead. Mm-hmm. There's no printing, there's no paper. And then reproducing infinite numbers of ebooks is free. Sure. It's a, it's a doc, you know, it's just a, 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 an electronic file. So what's nice about that is you can put a piece of your work out there very inexpensively, 99 cents, mm-hmm. let's say, yeah. and really make it attractive to a reader. So if you don't know the author, but maybe it looks interesting, eh, for a buck, why not? Yeah, a buck or two, I'll spend that, yeah. Why right. Not? The threshold, uh, the risk is low. Yeah. And uh, if you're, and if you're a, a savvy marketer, and so you sell two or 3,000 of those at a dollar, that's that's not bad. No, mm-hmm. that's no. not a bad bank deposit right there. Right. Not at all. Well, actually, you bring up a good point. And since we're here to talk about marketing in regards to self-publishing, what are what do you have you seen as some of the advantages of self-publishing in regards to people marketing themselves? Well, the advantages to self-publishing are number one is control, both creative control and marketing control. Um You know, again, every book is different, as I said, but also every author is different. And when you have all these different kinds of writers and all these different kinds of books, for sometimes the traditional path to publishing is not the best choice. Um, Having creative control over your book, having creative control over your title, having creative control over who's going to see it and where it's going to be seen. And then also not every book that's written is, is supposed to be a New York Times bestseller. You know, people think, well, if it's, if it's any good, it would be, you know, with a major publisher. It's like, no, it, it could be, be on for, Oprah, yeah. Yeah. you know, for a very small audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we published a book recently on the CCC camps in Rhode Island and the, what's left of them. What, what are those? From the, 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 the Civilian Conservation Corps from World War II. Oh. As people, uh, when, uh, from the Depression, when people, when the government, it was a government program and they built all the parks in Rhode Island in that period. A lot of these parks have fallen by the wayside. And so we published a book just on the history of what's left of those parks and that CCC efforts, you know, from the depression era. Wow. I had, I didn't even know that there was such a thing as the civilian conservation corps. Yeah. It's a real, really interesting period of history. But, and so this, we had, we had the photographs, he did the research, he put together a really interesting little book. Is that going to be on the New York Times bestsellers list? Mm. Not a chance. No, but the people that are interested in that sort of thing are absolutely going to snap that up. So is it going, getting back to the, exactly. And getting back to the marketing of that is now, you know what, now you know who your target is. You think about all the historical societies and the sure. and the local history people and, and the local libraries who'd love that kind of thing. So yeah, that'd be a very localized work as opposed to trying to go yeah. nationwide with right. that. It probably wouldn't. Well, I, right. And if you walk into random house with that manuscript, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
So like with all marketing, you have to know who your audience is mm-hmm. and know what it is that they're looking for. So a lot of our audience are, you know, entrepreneurs, small business owners, you know, like yourself. And most likely they're going to be, they're not writing the next, you know, great American novel. They're writing a book that has to do with their expertise and something that they want to get out there and offer value, you know, whether it's some sort of uh, business idea or some unique process in manufacturing or something like that. So, you know, what would be your, if you were guiding them, uh, you know, towards self-publishing, how would you be, what would you be saying to them? Well, I would show them a few books we've done. We've had some people come in who are, you know, business professionals in different fields, real estate agents, public speaking, um, and they wrote their book. And essentially as a marketing tool, you know, selling them as a retail item was maybe secondary. Okay. What was primary was, you know, hey, I'm the, I'm your local dentist and I wrote the book on. Painless Root Canal. <laughs> Painless Root Canal. Exactly. I would buy that book. I've had a few root canals. They suck. Uh, we, have a, we have a CPA who's done three books with us on wow. different elements of, of taxation. Oh, okay. And those must be a page turner. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, for someone. <laughs> for someone, yes, absolutely. But again, it's the the intent isn't necessarily to sell a whole bunch, okay. or maybe to have it read. Hopefully, it'll be read, but not necessarily to sell them, but really as a almost as a giveaway when he goes to different conferences and yeah. does presentations. Uh, we've got a, a communication specialist who did a, a book on public speaking and presentations. And she uses that at her um, workshops and her seminars. So you pay 50 bucks to go to the seminar and you get a free book. Mm-hmm. Adds okay. a lot of credibility as well. You know, it's, it's definitely, I'm the expert in my field and I took the time to write this nice book for you. I've gotten <laughs> exactly. a lot of books at conferences, like marketing conferences. I think I have two at home that I need to read. Exactly. And, and to be the, you know, the expert in your field, no matter what field mm-hmm. that is, I mean, you could be a dentist or a carpenter or mm-hmm. a roofer or a CPA or dentist. It doesn't matter, you know, when you can walk in and it's like, not only are you a good dentist, but you're the expert mm-hmm. and here's my book to prove it. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say dentist because we had a asthma doctor in Rhode Island who published a book on uh, different allergies and things okay. like that. Yeah. So it's yeah. exact great yeah. example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can, I mean, if someone comes to you with an idea and it's not necessarily a manuscript, can you work with them in direction or do they have to come with like some type of manuscript? Well, we can, we can, no, we can definitely work with you. I did a book for Brian Benedus, which is on, you had mentioned earlier when you, in my, in my introduction, I was scared to death to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a book that Brian and I wrote together. Okay. It's really Brian's story. Uh, he's someone who had agoraphobia. Uh, now, Brian isn't a, doesn't consider himself to be a writer. He tried for years to write his story because he, he's literally, you know, somewhat afraid of everything, afraid of heights, afraid of traffic, uh, having panic and anxiety attacks mm-hmm. all the time. But he wasn't your typical 98 pound weakling. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who was a, a professional weightlifter. Wow. So how do you tell your buddies in the gym you're afraid to cross the street? Mm-hmm. And so it's really a, a, a wonderful story, but he couldn't write it. So he and I worked out a system where we outlined the book and then he would read into his iPhone his notes and his thoughts on different topics. And he would email, email me a sentence that would be like 15,000 words long. <laughs> That's <laughs> one, oh, sentence. one sentence. Yeah, it was just this rambled sentence. you know. Of, okay. of, and we would then craft that into a chapter. Wow. 
And that book uh, called Scared to Death, Do It Anyway, is available now. It's done very, very well. And, you know, the end of Brian's story is that now he goes out and does presentations and seminars at schools and libraries and youth groups talking about how to overcome your fears and panic. What a great story. But that's, it's just such a, that's such a great point because I think a lot of people don't think of themselves as writers, but they have a great story to tell. Right. And in many of the books we've done, right, we've, we've published, you know, as I said, you know, with what's the ones we're working on 240 different books, mm-hmm. most of them are people with just one story to tell. Mm-hmm. They don't consider themselves writers or authors. Sometimes they even call them an author and they laugh. <laughs> you go, well, you've got a book, it's for sale. You're an author. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't see themselves that way. Mm-hmm. They see themselves as other things, but they have this one story they want to tell. We work with a lot of elderly folks because they've lived through things. Um, we had a couple came in who, you know, he was at Pearl Harbor right after the, right after the bombing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife swam across downtown Providence in the hurricane of 38. Um, and they had all these things that connected, you know, history that's lost, you know, in their late nineties and they have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And we, we published that book for them. Yeah. So a story or like a professional who may have advice, like really great um, advice to get out there, like the CPA or something like that. If they, again, if they weren't able to put it into a, a written format, that's something you could. We can, we can provide that service too. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Very powerful. So I know when we talked earlier, uh, we talked a little bit about your role, you know, at Stillwater Publishing and how you work with writers and some of the things that you have to sort of go through to, you know, manage expectations and sort of get them ready for, okay, this is what it's going to be like to publish a book. So what are some of the common things that you come across as someone comes to you with their written manuscript or, you know, a more polished manuscript and say, okay, I've got this book. What now? Well, usually they come in, they say, hey, they have this book and they have some level of expectation for it. Okay. Um, most authors will come in and they'll be just say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I've been working on this thing for so long. I'm just happy to have it done mm-hmm. and printed in a print form. And I can tell you that feeling lasts about a month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you want to sell a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, once it's out, it's, the joke is it's, you know, it's better than having kids. You know, you get, when you see your book for the first time, it's, you know, you don't have to feed it. You don't have to, you know, contain <laughs> it. It looks beautiful. It's, you know, you can show it off to all your friends and family. So I should have written six books, I guess, instead of having six kids. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but anyway, uh, most authors will come in with that attitude, but many of them will come in and say, no, I'm going to be on the bestsellers list with this. You know, this, this book is going to put me on the Ellen DeGeneres show. <laughs> and that's where we have to start managing expectations. Okay, sure. And that's where we have to kind of put, it's like, okay, let's, let's pull back a little bit. Why would Ellen be interested in this book? And we talk about what path do you want to take as an author? You can be, um, like we did one book, um, where her goal was to get on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And she heard the author's a very aggressive marketer, very promotionally driven, very good at uh, talking up her work. And to date, she's sold you know, a lot of books. Whereas we've done other projects where the author is just happy to give it to family and friends. Mm-hmm. So you've got a first choice to find out where you are on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you're trying to get world famous or you're trying to just impress your mom. <laughs> and Somewhere then, between Ellen and mom. Right. That's, yeah. that's the spectrum. <laughs> okay. I would guess those are two very different price points, too. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but really, the difference is if you're going to be on Ellen, your marketing approach sure. versus impressing your mom is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's where we start to say, okay. And we start to tie in all these other things that you might need to make yourself successful mm-hmm. um, and maybe make this a bestseller or sell thousands and thousands of copies, making a national impression. Um, again, that path is completely different than if you're just trying to you know, have a, maybe just a local book. Mm-hmm. So it's like a marketing plan before, so right. before so, you bring it to market. And that marketing plan is unique to every book and every author. You know, as we said, mm-hmm. everybody has a different personality and every book is a different topic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to market a children's book on dragons the same way you would that, you know, that book by the dentist we're talking about. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to work. Makes you, sense. Yeah. Children's Do you, are any part of your marketing strategy, like, um, especially for children's books, you know, public readings and, you know, story times and things like that, does that play into it? Very much so. Yeah. Um, we also kind of try to educate our authors a little bit on, you know, who buys books. Um, I remember an author, one of our authors going off to this school and speaking in front of like 300 kids and they, she got to read her book and the kids clapped, they had question and answers and they had a little activity and she came back, boy, it was great. She said, but I didn't sell any. I was like, yeah, because six-year-olds don't carry $20 bills in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, if the goal was to sell them, you want to go get in front of grandma, not in front of the six-year-old. Right. So that's right. the marketing strategy So there. that's part of that marketing yeah. strategy. And again, you kind of have to, to, to uh, hammer it out with each individual writer. Mm-hmm. But to get back to your question, writers, ex- or excuse me, readers expect writers to be out there. Mm-hmm reading their books and doing library appearances and bookstore appearances and book signings. So we, we advocate lots of different things. One of the best things we, we suggest for local authors is to hit things like farmer's markets. Oh, that's an yeah. interesting idea. Mm. Because you've got the right age demographic. People who like to buy books, is you, you've got the right economic demographic. You have, the, you have people who are actually, you don't go out on Sunday morning to a farmer's market if you're not going to buy something. Mm-hmm. Right. So you've got a few $20 bills in your pocket. I was just going to say, they carry cash usually. It's a cash yeah. sale and they're coming to buy their tomatoes and their pumpkins. So mm-hmm. in, the Sunday, in the Sunday mindset too, like leisure. Oh, this looks like something yeah. I can get into this afternoon. And then if, if you walk through with the kids and there's maybe a children's book author there and they've mm-hmm. got, you know, a cute little book on, you know, dragons or something. Well, mm-hmm. I get, get the kid a book. I like it. Very cool. That's a yeah. great idea. But lots of little things like that we encourage. We encourage our authors to do everything they can do. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. Uh, if we were going to kind of summate this in, say, three things that our listeners need to know about self-publishing, what would you say? Oh, gosh. I can think of a 300. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep it to three. Write a book I can on it. that down to three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, number one, as I said, man, is, is do – well, number one is do – understand the business. Okay. Uh, of book selling, how bookstores make their money, how libraries make their, not their money, but their, uh, what, what makes them happy. And rather than try to sell your book to bookstores, try to work with bookstores and work with libraries to meet their goals, not yours. Oh, okay. And that will get you in the door better. Um, and understanding the, the business of books, 
um, how published, if you want your book to be traditionally published and you want that agent, understand what agents are looking for. Mm -hmm. And then third, understand what readers want. Your audience, know your audience. Know your audience. Um, You know, if you've just written a real trashy romance and it's got, you know, dragons and I get you back coming back to dragons. Yeah, (laughs) volcanoes and dragons and it's like, you know, swords and things on the cover and you're going to just anger your reader Mm. and completely put them off. And that's not good, mm-hmm. no matter how well written the book is or how what a wonderful story you just put together. That's a good point. Good point. Good summation. Steve Great. Thank you for bringing 300 down to three. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you coming in. Right. So if somebody, one of our listeners out there is thinking like, hey, I've got this book in me that I need to get out. How can they get in touch with you? Uh, probably through our website is the easiest. Uh, Stillwaterpress.com. Okay. Um, if you've written, already written one in your local, riauthors.org. All right. We'll make sure to put both of those in our show notes. Terrific. Yes. And we really appreciate you coming and hanging with us today and kind of opening up the world of publishing and books a little bit. This is a area of marketing that we really haven't touched on before. Correct. But yeah. so glad that we did because there's so many different ways for people to market their business. And I think for a select uh, this would be an excellent channel, uh, especially if somebody's got a book in them and just have to get it out. It's a great feeling to have that book out there. It really is. Awesome. Cool. I think that wraps it up. It does. It does. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, you, see you later. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, you can find the back episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Both of them are the Marketing Essentials team. You can find us on the web at marketingessentialsteam.com. And if you subscribe through our website, you'll receive a weekly email and letting you know when each episode has been published. Also, you'll receive a link to subscriber-only content. You can also find us on Facebook and our private Facebook group. Just search Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. It's a great place for other marketing professionals and business owners where we can share marketing advice, challenges, and general trends. Hope to see you there.